Welcome to an all-new episode of Get Lit with Leanna, the podcast. Join me as I sit down with a new guest author in each episode to discuss their books, careers, and everything in between. Today, I'm joined by romance author Fallon Ballard, who wrote the new book, Dress My Type. I absolutely love this book for so many reasons, but mostly because it reminded me of one of my favorite movies ever, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I had the best time chatting with Fallon all about this book, how she came up with the concept, her favorite moments while writing, her favorite moments while reading it. We fancasted the book, and we even got to talking about what she's working on next. So without further ado, my conversation with romance author Fallon Ballard starts right now. Welcome, Fallon, to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. I absolutely loved Just My Type. So this is very fun, very exciting. How are you? Oh, thank you so much. I am doing very well. It's always nice to start my day off with like people saying nice things about me. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I love when that happens to me too, though. Admittedly, it's probably less for me than you. But anyway, (laughs) I'm so excited to have you here. I've been going through this like journey lately, I feel, with romance books where I just find that like I'm over everything. And I just Fair. felt like I just felt that like I was hitting a wall, honestly, with rom-coms. And I was like, I don't know what it is, but like it's just not doing it for me. And I obviously was like had this podcast planned with you and I really loved your first book. So I was like, I just need to like man up and start it. <laughs> And I was so pleasantly surprised because I was so nervous that I was going to be like, this book may hit for me in three months from now, but right now it's just not. That was so not the case. I loved it from the very beginning because it just spoke to so much of like me and my passion and what I love in life. So I'm so excited to have you here. But before we talk about just my type and Lisa on Love and all that, I would love to first know a little bit more about you and your writing background and like how this whole author thing came to be for you. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I have always been a writer. Like I was definitely that weird little kid that was like writing short stories, like during recess. Um, I have a very vivid memory of writing like a short play when I was in (laughs) third grade and like making all of my friends perform it with me, which just the cringe and the secondhand (laughs) embarrassment of that memory is is real real strong um but I just have always loved writing um I when I was a grown-up quote-unquote I was a teacher for eight years and I found like in that stretch of time like it was really hard for me to have any like creative brain energy left at the end mm. of my day. So that was like the only time when I really like wasn't doing a lot of creative writing. I was blogging um, and doing some of those things, but I wasn't like writing any stories. And so once I stopped teaching, I had this moment like probably like six or eight months after I stopped teaching and I was like, oh my God, I like want to write again. And so I just sat down one day, I wrote a YA dystopian Romeo and Juliet retelling. Oh my gosh. It is awful. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad. That's funny. (laughs) For some reason, I was like, I should try to get this published. Um, And that sort of began my foray into actually learning how to get published and figuring out the things that you need to do. Um, 
And so from there, you know, I was like, actually, I think I'm more like a romance person. Let's, let's go that direction. Yeah. Um, and then I did pitch wars. That's how I got my agents. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, a few measly years later, <laughs> I actually had a book. It's one of those things that seems very much like this is like an overnight success. And I'm like, no, it's been like five years. <laughs> right. But like speaking of it being like an overnight success, Lisa on Love, I feel like all of a sudden popped up everywhere. Do you agree? Was that kind of how you, I mean, oh, you obviously were working on it for so long and you were involved yeah. in all behind the scenes, but from like a consumer standpoint, do you see how us readers are just like all of a sudden this book is everywhere? Like what was your experience with that? Yeah, it was wild. And honestly, even from a publishing perspective, things moved very quickly with Lise, okay. like quicker than and than normal. Like um, it was less than a year from when I got my deal to when it was published, which is like pretty, pretty rare. Um, but yeah, I actually remember starting to see it pop up on Instagram. And that was kind of like my first moment of like, oh, like there are people out there like reading this book. Yeah. <laughs> which is both terrifying, of course, but also just like so amazing to see. And I just started getting like so many DMs and messages and getting tagged in these beautiful posts. And, you know, obviously the cover for Lease on Love is like so gorgeous. I'm yeah. so in love with it. And so I think it really was like an Instagram sort of favorite because the cover is really for such good photographs. So I got very lucky with that. Um, but yeah, I was like, you know, as a debut author, you don't really know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there were lots of moments, like when I was talking to my agent and I was like, is this good? Like, I don't know. Is right. this doing well? And she was like, yeah, you're good. <laughs> like, That's crazy. Down. <laughs> so when all of this like was happening for you, for Lisa on Love, what was your writing process like for Just My Type? Like, were you already finished Just My Type or was that kind of, you were in the thick of it? Like, what was that timeline? Yeah. So I was definitely in the thick of it. Um, okay. And I, I mean, I've been pretty open that writing just my type was really, really difficult for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely got hit with that second book syndrome, like very hard. And, um, it's tricky when you are experiencing reviews for the first time and then also working on your next book. Um, it definitely messes with your head. And I don't know that there's like any real way around that. It seems mm -hmm. to be a pretty standard, you know, sort of experience. And it's, you know, the good and the bad, like you get these bad reviews and obviously that messes with your head, mm. but then you have all these people saying all these amazing things to you. And it's just like, I don't want to disappoint anyone. I don't yeah. want to let anyone down with this next book. Like what mm -hmm. if they hate it? Um, and so it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to talk more though about that, like second book, like fatigue or anxiety, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Like what kind of helped you in the writing process get through it? Like when you started pen, putting pen to paper, did, was the anxiety right from the get-go? Was it kind of once Lisa on Love was out there and you saw the reception it was getting? Like what kind of maybe helped you get out of it? And what maybe, I don't know, if you can talk more yeah. about that experience. Yeah. And it was a little bit of everything because, um, you know, when I got the deal for Lisa on Love, it was a two book deal. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I owed, you know, my publisher a second book. 
Um, and obviously, that was my first time writing under contract, which is a very different sort of pressure where you have these deadlines, you know, you have steps along the way that you have to go through. I had to write an outline, which I never do. You know, I'm very much a person who just jumps in and starts writing. And so even from the beginning, it felt like I don't know how to work with this process. And so that was like a real learning curve for me. And I have a fabulous team. My editor is amazing. I love her so much. And so she was very much like, you know, you have to do this outline, but it doesn't mean you have to stick to it. Like you can branch off from here and go different ways. Mm. And, you know, we want you to find your voice and all of that. And so she was so incredible and so supportive. Um, But honestly, I think the other thing that really helped is just having other writer friends, you know, that are kind of the nice thing about like, being in the debut class, like with these other authors who had books coming out in 2022 is we were all sort of on the same path and the Mm -hmm. same timeline. And so, you know, I could reach out to these people and be like, am I the only one? Right. (laughs) Can't write books anymore. And they're like, nope, nope, you're not alone. You are not alone. So that was so helpful to just have other people that are like, I am going through the same exact thing right now. And it's awful. (laughs) Oh God. So at what point in the writing process did you feel like, okay, now I can take a breath. Like the anxiety is kind of gone and I can write this. Or was it kind of like the entire time you were like, I hope this is okay. Like (laughs) (laughs) I had a moment with just my type and it's actually a pretty specific moment. It is when I uh, put the Slack messages into the book. Um, And I I really held back on that because at that point I was already getting feedback on Lise and everybody was like, we love the group texts. They're so amazing. They're so fantastic. And I was, I think, in my head, like, if I do something similar and just my type that I'm like painting myself into this corner and this is going to be the thing and it's too similar. And like, I just was very much like in my head about it. And my editor was like, if you want to do it, do it, like, just go for it and see what happens. And if you don't like it, you don't have to use them, but like, just go for it. And that, like, I don't know, there's just something about, I guess, my writing process where when I am like in the voices of these individual characters, it makes it much easier for me to like really connect with them. Mm -hmm. And so once I put those in the book, I was like, okay, it all like clicked in my brain from there. So once I had that, then I was good. <laughs> I love that. It's funny because I just recently switched jobs and in my prior job, I never used Slack, but now it's my best friend. Now you know. <laughs> so I loved like the Slack communication in it because I was like, this is so real life. And in so many books, as you mentioned, like there's group text, there's emails, there's letters, there's a press release, there's a newswire, like, you know, yeah. but a Slack group thread is never been done in my opinion, like from my knowledge. And it's so funny and so clever and used so well to move the plot forward. Were those chats a fun part for you to write? Obviously they were kind of like a reprieve for you in ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of joke that I will do whatever I can to like not write plots. I hate hate plot so much. I hate plotting. I hate conflict. I hate all of that. And so it's the same thing with the group texts and the slacks is like, this is just all straight dialogue. I don't have to write any action. I don't have to do any of that. I can just write the words, which I I love. love. I love that. Okay. So now really getting into just my type, I would love before we proceed any further, if you could give everyone listening a little synopsis of what the book's about. 
Yeah, so it is a second chance romance. It is about two high school sweethearts who break up when they go to colleges on, you know, opposite sides of the country. And they don't really see each other much for quite some time. And they are reunited after 12 years when uh, Seth, the love interest, shows up at Lana's job. She uh, works for a news magazine kind of website uh, based in LA. And so he shows up one day and is like, hey, I'm here. I work here now. Uh, And then their boss decides to pit them against each other in this competition. And the winner is going to get this sort of like prized column that they both really want. (laughs) Um, So very like how to lose a guy in 10 days inspired. I'm like a huge 1990s 2000s rom-com fan so I wanted it to have like all those vibes I love it and I feel like that's one of the main reasons why I love this book so much and especially how it helped me get out of my slump because I was really not in the mood to read something like this and then reading this it just totally brought me back immediately to like my favorite movies and obviously like Paddle's Guy in 10 Days is chart topping for me it's one of my absolute faves so this concept like how did it even come to you and also before we get any further i just have to address that i was cackling at your instagram story when you shared that you sent a copy to kate hudson i did i i need to be kept in the loop if if you ever get any form of a response like she would love this book for sure but i need to know if like it actually gets into her hands because that is just the like the mashup like the what what, what do kids call it these days the um (laughs) I don't know. Absolutely. Whatever that we all need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I forget. Oh, I was talking uh, with Aaron LaRosa who wrote for Butter or Worse, which I absolutely adored. And we were at lunch one day and she was like, you need to send this book to Kate Hudson. And I was like, I can't do that. And she was like, yes, you absolutely can. And you must. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. And so I'm I did. Obsessed. No, we'll it's so funny. <laughs> but so how did the book of the, like the concept of this book even come to you? Like, what was that? storyline like in your head so uh i was watching the final movie in the to all the boys i've loved before trilogy fantastic of course um and as a woman in her late 30s i'm you know watching the end of this movie where like Lara Jean's going off to NYU and Peter's going off to Stanford. And I was like, this is adorable. You guys are going to break up in three weeks. Like, this is not going to last. Like, you're the cutest. This is not a thing that is going to happen (laughs) for your futures. And so that was sort of like the first seed of like, okay, so what about you have these two kids that do really love each other and have a good relationship, you know, in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, what would happen if they were sort of like thrust back together Mm -hmm. after the fact and after they've done a little bit of growing up. Love. I love it. And then there's so many cute, fun little moments here, but I I love the whole concept of like Seth and Lana having to give each other like a list of things to accomplish. Was that really fun for you to write? How did you come up with those ideas? And were there any other ones that maybe didn't make the list, but you had in your head? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know that there were many others that were on any list that um, that didn't make the cut. None are coming to mind. I'm sure okay. there probably are some back in, in random drafts. Um, but yeah, I just, 
It took a long time to kind of develop the competition aspect of the plots. And actually, I was just talking with my editor the other day, and she was like, do you remember that when you first presented this book, Seth was actually like a baseball player, and he was like a professional baseball player who'd gotten injured and was now moving to LA to like be a commentator for like some sports show. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It went through a lot of changes. And I think just working with my editor to develop this sort of like competition thing is how we kind of came across that idea of like, well, what if like they each set these tasks for each other? Um, Because I think in one of the earlier drafts, like Lana made her own list, like, you know, these are some things I want to do now that I'm single. And I was like, actually, I think it would be more fun if they tortured each other. Yeah. So fun. And the tropes that you used in this book are so good. Like they're all the best tropes. Like it's an enemies to lovers. It's a second chance. It's a workplace romance. It's like found family. There's so many good moments and good parts to this book because of the tropes. What was that like writing? I know you said you're not too much of an outliner, but was, were those kind of like added in the outline process? Was it kind of as you were going? Yeah, I think it's strange because I have never been a fan of second chance romance. Um, okay. I don't I don't know why. I just it's never been like one of my favorites. But I think because that like first kernel of an idea came to me so strongly, I was like, okay, well, like I have to go with this. Yeah. Um, and I just love banter. So I think, you know, putting them in that competition with each other, like having them be sort of rivals, that really like fed into like the enemies to lovers. And, um, you know, I was like, I just want them to just there be like tension, so much tension and so much banter. And if I can do that in a book. Like, I'm happy. <laughs> oh my God. You, well, you totally did that with this book. I loved it. It was just like so much fun to read the whole way through. And I like, there are so many moments now looking back now that I finished it that I really loved, but I would love to know like you when writing it, what was your favorite scene to write? And now reading it back or looking back at it, what's your favorite to reread? Um, okay. <laughs> this is going to make <laughs> me sound real bad. Um, but <laughs> like, this is probably one of my favorite first sex scenes that I've ever written. Okay. Love it. <laughs> love it. We're here for that. Um, and yeah. normally like I, I mean, I like the steamy scenes. I love to read the steamy scenes, but sometimes mm-hmm. writing them is like not my favorite part, okay. but this one, I just like loved everything about it and how it came out. Um, here for the gray sweatpants here same amen forever and always Always. i love the picture you painted i was really envisioning it so clearly um but i think my (laughs) favorite scene to read is i love when they do their little tourist in la day Mm. where they go on the bus and um you know being somebody that was born and raised in the la area like that was really fun to write because you know those are all real places and they're places i go to frequently and so that was just a fun one um and i love the little bit where they're like on the bus and you know of course they're all like squished together but trying to like not be together and you know those are always fun things to write i love it and i also need to ask just about the ending like the resolution and how like that that big declaration of love from both of them on both their sides like was that so much fun for you to write when you were thinking about the concept of this book is that kind of how you imagined it ending i would love to hear more about that part because it was so sweet yeah, I think um, in the original, original concept, it was more of like just, uh, you know, Lana doing the kind okay. of final article. Um, 
And then I think just the more and more that I wrote, I was like, actually, it should be both of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just like as somebody who always loves books and movies about like writers and people in like sort of the writing world, I was yeah. like, oh, that's like the ultimate like grand gesture yes. moment. Um, and so, yeah, that one was a lot of fun. And actually, I think I wrote Seth's version of that article like pretty early on because okay. I was just like, it was fun to actually write from his perspective because that's not something I usually do. So right. it's fun to get that in there. So fun. Do you think if people ask now for like more of Seth's POV, you would like write extra bonus stuff? Yeah. Like I did that for Lise. I did a bonus epilogue from Jack's point of view. Okay. And I loved that. So yeah, I would definitely do that. Um, and usually those things I only just like send out to my newsletter subscribers because mm-hmm. it's just like I keep it kind of small. But yeah, those are fun little things to write. They're fun. It's like writing fan fiction for your own <laughs> book because, you know, there's no like pressure and there's no stakes. So it's That's just so super true. fun and you can do whatever you want. Oh my God, I love that. So now like thinking about this book as a whole, I'm just somebody that's like really obsessed with every form of an adaptation. Like I I wish like more than anything in the world that all of these books that I love and read would be like film and TV because I need to see them come to life. Thanks. Are you the same way? Oh, you are the same way. It can make sense <laughs> yes. because you're like a movie junkie like me. So yes. when writing this book, like were you thinking of these characters as any actors in particular? Like, Do you have a fan cast when you write? Okay, totally. Um, I It's weird though. Okay, so I usually only like fan cast my heroes and I feel like I need to have like a really good image of them in my mind. Okay. Um, so Seth is definitely based off of Sebastian Stan, like hands oh down. But like, wait, what, what era of Sebastian <laughs> Stan? Like Sebastian Stan at what point? So, I mean, really any point because he's okay. perfect in all of them. Mm-hmm. But I was watching a lot of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay. While I was writing this. Okay. So, um, you know, definitely like a little bit older, not the long hair, the short hair, definitely going short hair. Um, but really, I just love him so much. So Same. he's much older than Seth is in the book. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Exactly. It's what a fan cast is for. It doesn't matter. I love that. I have a huge crush on him. My Sebastian Stan era started when he was on Gossip Girl, which Mm. I feel like is like a random Round floor. Yes. No, but I feel like that's kind of like a random time to like Ra- like start loving him and yes. i just i mean i i just had the biggest effing crush on him and now that he's so famous i just feel like i'm like well i knew him when like when i was 11 <laughs> i loved him not 11 but you know what i mean like, <laughs> oh my gosh i love that yeah. yeah i definitely don't think i discovered him until um captain america yeah but that's i mean like the normal consensus. yeah he's delicious bucky, bucky in the first captain america is like spot on <laughs> yep 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 but what about lana you didn't picture her as anybody you kind of just like only the heroes yeah i don't know that i pictured anyone as specific for her the other thing too is like i um am old so i'm not very no, up with like not. the young <laughs> the, the young stars of the day yeah um i don't know i have to think on who would be a good lana i could tell you who i saw as lana i didn't really see anybody in particular as seth because i think my brain was constantly going back to matthew mcconaughey and in, in how to lose uh-huh. a mind 10 days so but for me lana was camila mendez you know who she is oh yeah Riverdale. i don't know why yeah. i started reading that book that's just all and oh it's just stuck with me but Anyway, fan casting like is so it. much fun. I love it. It is. So what are you working on like now, next? Can you share anything? Do you have anything coming down the pipeline? Like I know everyone's going to be wanting to know. Yes. So <laughs> I am currently editing book three 
which I don't have a date for. I'm assuming it'll come out around February of next year. That seems okay. to be like my trajectory. Um, but book three is another enemies to lovers. Wow. <laughs> um, so it is about two actors who have sort of like a troubled past together. Um, not like a full on relationship. So we're not okay. going like second chance here, but they had some run-ins that didn't go well. Uh, and now they have been cast as leads in this rom-com and so they are stuck together like shooting on location and they can't stand each other but the chemistry is so strong between them that they have a little enemies with benefits situation happening oh my god you know there's definitely one of those like let's just do it once to get it out of our systems moments and we know how that goes Um. oh my god (laughs) no like say less enemies lovers with forced proximity like i'm all in it is uh, a lot steamier than my okay. first two books. So there's definitely more on the page sex happening in this one. So it was a lot of fun to write. Um, and then I am also working on book four, but I can't really talk about that yet. But Crazy. it's happening. Oh my yes. gosh. So you are fully busy. Is this your full-time job? Is this all your taking it's up all your not. time? Yeah. Oh, it is <laughs> not. Sadly. I um, get so like <laughs> flabbergasted truly by authors especially authors like you that are like doing the most and they still have like you're literally Hannah Montana I hope that reference isn't too young for you but like (laughs) it's so crazy to me that you managed to like literally lead two lives yeah it's um it's a lot publishing should allow authors to pay money to only do this job but I'm very lucky I'm a wedding planner that's my day job um hey you have the coolest life ever you I know I, I love it (laughs) <laughs> That's so cool. That's amazing. So yeah, I uh, am very lucky that I work for myself and work from home. So okay. it definitely gives me a lot of flexibility, which right. is nice. Oh, amazing. Well, I am so excited for book three. I can't wait for everybody to like read Just My Type. And I know everyone's going to adore it as much as I loved Lisa on Love. But I'm so excited for book three and of course, book four down the pipeline. And I'm just wishing you like all this success. This was so much fun. I love your voice. I love your book. So I'm just going to keep reading them, keep being a fan. But this Thank was so much you. fun. Thank you. This was amazing. Thank you so much for having me. 